Dynamic History Salem, a podcast that tells the stories of Salem's dynamic and incredibly diverse history, and the people who made those stories meaningful. I'm your host, Rebecca, licensed Salem City Tour Guide. If you've heard of Salem, Massachusetts, chances are you've heard of the witch hysteria of 1692 that led to the execution of 20 people for witchcraft. There are many stories to be told from that tragedy, but I'd like to relate the perspective of Thomas Brattle, a merchant and mathematician who lived in Boston at the time. On this day in 1692, October 8th, Thomas wrote and distributed a letter criticizing the work of the witch judges sitting on the court of Oyer and Terminer, the court that convicted 19 people of witchcraft and had them executed on Gallows Hill in Salem. The most recent hangings of Martha Corey, Mary Esty, Alice Parker, Anne Pudiator, Margaret Scott, Wilmot Reed, Mary Parker, and Samuel Wardwell had just occurred on September 22nd. A type of evidence called spectral evidence had been used in their indictments and their trials, and Thomas Brattle wanted to convince lawmakers in Boston that this type of evidence was untrustworthy and did not belong in a court of law. Perhaps you've heard of the very disturbing fits and other physical symptoms that the afflicted described and then exhibited in court during the trials. Many of the afflicted, or those who believed that they were being tortured by the devil through witches, were young women and girls, a group of Puritans most unlikely to make spectacles of themselves in public, given the repressive nature of Puritan society at the time. People attending those trials would have been potentially greatly startled and alarmed to see their neighbors falling on the floor, thrashing around, and sometimes bleeding in response to what they identified as attacks from witches. Few members of Puritan society at that time would have denied the possibility of their neighbors signing a deal with the devil to harm and afflict others. The Puritans who built Salem expected the supernatural and the natural worlds to be intertwined. Believing themselves to be God's chosen people, they expected to be the targets of Satan. Now what did cause a lot of disagreement during the trials was whether it was possible that the specters or spirits that the afflicted saw attacking them were in fact Satan himself impersonating an innocent person. When one of the afflicted accused Alice Parker or Martha Corey of attacking them, what they meant was that they had seen an apparition who looked like those women as their attacker. Ministers and government officials disagreed all throughout the trials about whether the specters the afflicted saw could be trusted as evidence in court. Essentially, could the judges trust that the specters and the accused were truly the same? Might not Satan try to fool the court by impersonating Martha Corey, for example? Several influential people weighed in on this debate as the trials proceeded from June through September of 1692. Increase Mather, Samuel Sewell, and Cotton Mather were particularly influential leaders in the colony at the time, participating in the debate. But the cases proceeded nonetheless throughout September. Thomas Brattle wrote his October 8th letter criticizing the court's use of spectral evidence from an empirical perspective. He didn't see how it could be proved that an apparition of a specific person was sent by them and not by Satan himself. He also criticized the court for using concepts like the evil eye and the touch test during the trials, saying that such evidences of witchcraft likewise had no place in a court of law because there was no way to verify them. 
As Professor Benjamin C. Ray of the Salem Witch Trials Documentary Archive notes, Thomas Brattle's letter is interesting because it relies on empirical rather than theological argument against spectral evidence, the evil eye and the touch test, all used in the witch trials. In my opinion, it's also fascinating to hear from a concerned citizen who wanted to know that the courts in the colony where he lived were being fair and just. By the way I've been describing Brattle's letter and the situation, it might be tempting to assume that I'm telling you about a time that logic and science eventually trumped outdated religion. But that would be too simplistic a perspective to take on what was a complex situation. Indeed, historian Emerson Baker notes that in accepting spectral evidence and the touch test, by which afflicted victims could be cured by the touch of the witch who attacked them, quote, the judges drew upon some of the latest scientific advances, and were supported by some of the leading English religious, legal, and philosophical minds of the day." End quote. As Ray notes, it was the influence of Boston ministers Increase and Cotton Mather, Samuel Sewell, and Governor Phipps that ultimately had the power to disband the court of Oyer and Terminer and end the trials. Now, none of these men were blameless, and all of them saw that the trials could not continue. In their fall 1692 publications on the trials, father and son Increase and Cotton Mather supplied support for the argument between the divided clergy and the government. Ray notes, quote, Thus, there would appear two books, one supported by the ministers and the other supported by the government, with Increase Mather awkwardly trying to reconcile both. By October of 1692, the majority of ministers had now spoken out against the use of spectral evidence, while Governor Phipps tried to appease the English crown and smooth things over. Thus, both science and theology were used by people to conduct the trials and to end them. Covering his tracks, Ray notes that in his letters to the English king, Governor Phipps, quote, represented himself as the savior of the crown's colony from a disaster created by a court run amok by a zealous deputy governor, end quote. That deputy governor, by the way, that would be William Stoughton. I'm sure that he'll appear in another episode someday. But for now, I hope you have a little taste of what was happening here in Salem on this day, October 8th in 1692. In case you're interested, the sources I consulted for this episode are A Storm of Witchcraft, The Salem Witch Trials and the American Experience by Emerson Baker, published in 2015 by Oxford University Press. Satan and Salem, The Witch Hunt Crisis of 1692, by Benjamin C. Ray, published in 2015 by University of Virginia Press. Thank you for listening to Dynamic History Salem. Have a wicked good day.